This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me in the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG and MHS Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. With me today, past guest, frequent guest on other podcasts, is my friend, Trey Mitchell. Hello, Trey. Hey, Jeff. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, like I say every time, I am always very happy and uh, excited to talk about the Denver Nuggets basketball. Uh, mainly after this Game 5, not so much after Game 4. Uh, game four, I found myself in a bit of a crisis. That was uh, one of the all-time lows of the season for me <laughs> mentally. I was, uh, you know, it was, I live here and along the East Coast and I was up till like 1.30 watching that game. I'm just like, if like every time we scored in that game four, we would get scored against. It was just like, you know, you, you're in boxing, you punch and then you get punched. It's just like, I was exhausted after that one. So I'm happy to be recording after the Nuggets win um game five to go three two in a series things are all great again i made a tweet that i was like waking up today um ready for the outcome of a basketball game to decide my mental health for the next few days (laughs) until the next game and uh mental mental health is good today so So, so, thanks nicole Jokic. so did that does it uh, it does it really get to you that much i mean it used to with me i before i was credentialed I was like that and it would just kill me and I would stay away from all news for the next like two days afterwards after disappointing yeah. loss. Uh, now I'm a little more pragmatic and I think a lot of that had to do with me uh, getting credentialed and that made me cold and dead inside uh, doing that sort of thing. So that's what did it. Nice. Yes. That blame, blame credentialing is for, for, for me having mm-hmm. issues with that. Um, and um, so, you know, look, the Nuggets did win. They put a, a tremendous third quarter, I would say, first quarter and a third quarter and a fourth quarter. They had one iffy quarter. Second was, quarter was rough. <laughs> the second quarter, which, you know, was, I mean, I, I to give, I will give m- m- head coach Michael Malone a, some credit and some some not credit in this. I thought he, in that span and 10 minutes in the, in the second quarter, the worst of Michael Malone happened. And uh, I think he recovered nicely by the time the Nuggets got that three-point lead going into halftime. Yeah, I mean, you know, there was a tweet by Harrison Wind last night of DNVR that Peyton Watson was checking in. Uh, he didn't He didn't check in in the second no. quarter. So no. that was one of the adjustments that I was looking forward to in game five, uh, particularly Jeff Green's minutes. Um, I don't know if there's a Nuggets fan out there that is like, yes, more Jeff Green when he plays. Uh, it's just been a tough series for him, I think, so far. Even when he makes shots, I'm like, I just I just don't know what he's doing out there. But Peyton Watson was something that I was looking forward to as an adjustment. Didn't happen until garbage time. Um, you know, there's still, if the Nuggets win this series, two more playoff rounds, hopefully. So um, that's a card that they haven't used yet. Maybe they're waiting to use it if things get bad, If you know, if they do go to a game seven. But that was one of the things in that second quarter of, you know, Jokic checks out and, Jamal just, I think it was the end of the first quarter. He has a behind the back pass. That was a turnover and then a bad shot. And, you know, that goes from 15 points to 11 right then to end the quarter. Right. And it's like, oh, that could have been 19 points. And now we're at 11 just because of those 
four plays, but that second quarter was pretty rough. First quarter, first quarter was great. Third was great. Then fourth was uh, great too. So I'll take three out of four quarters being great. Well, it's one of those things where like, you know, I, I, I don't want to focus on negative uh, with this, but there was a great start. And then, and then they did a thing that I hate, which was they went away from the guy who was hot and a lot of that, yeah, and a lot of that was Jamal, um, because Jamal had a terrible end of the, th- the first quarter into the second quarter, and obviously that affects your perception of things because you know. But but in the reality of it is that the Nuggets put together, I think, a pretty tremendous defensive effort. Specifically, I want to shout out uh, Aaron Gordon and uh, Christian Brown. Um, they both, I think, really stood uh, apart from everyone as far as their defensive effort in this game. Yeah, I don't think with a guy like Kevin Durant, you can do things to stop him. I mean, he's basically seven feet tall. I, it's honestly Porter's almost his length. And like, I think him mm-hmm. on Kevin Durant is just good because of his his wingspan and stuff. But like Christian Brown has done as good of a job, I think, as you could have wanted just guarding Durant. Durant has not been world blazing this this series like i i'm knock on wood that it doesn't happen but i mean booker's been the guy who's getting all these you know 14 for 18 like 22 for 25 just like the most efficient games you've ever seen in your life have happened twice in this series and durant's you know he's gotten his numbers but they haven't been super efficient and last night you got durant not being very efficient and then booker not having this all nba Hall of Fame like playoff performance. So all I think you really needed is one of those things and they got both. So I think that's why it was a pretty nice win. I think playing at Ball Arena, the Nuggets are just so good. Mm-hmm. I have so much confidence in them there. They have not lost once in the playoffs. Um yeah. I, I wonder how many times they've they've lost at Ball Arena in like Jokic's whole playoff career. That that I, I would guess it's less than 10, but uh yeah, it was awesome. I'm Nervous for game six, but not because I would be way more nervous if the Nuggets were down three, two playing at Phoenix. I would, um, I would be very, I would need a horse tranquilizer to calm myself down. Yeah. <laughs> well, in 2019, they had two losses in the port on the, uh, Portland series and one loss at home in the, uh, San Antonio series. And let me see what else. So 2021 is the way they lost a couple times, uh, once to Portland and then another to uh, uh, Phoenix. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think two, they lost two twice games. to Phoenix at home. Yeah, because yeah, they got swept. And then <laughs> obviously they lost one against us. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's neat, but it's, you know, look, this is the Nuggets are a better home team this year. Uh, than they have been usually under the Michael under Michael Malone. Uh, his his actually his home record with the Nuggets is kind of weird. It's it's not as good as the other coaches. Uh, some of that has to do with the pace they play at. Some of that is just circumstance. Um, but what the Nuggets have done spectacularly this year is protect the home court. Uh, other than that final month, which we won't count, where you know the Nuggets had basically mentally checked out. Uh, so one, two, three, Cancun for three weeks. <laughs> yeah, right. So overall, though, I mean, you look at that last guy. Maybe you just talk about the series overall, Trey, because the two games in Phoenix. I think one of the ways you can look at it is that um, the Nuggets couldn't win in Phoenix. Another way you could look at it is that they needed. Herculean games from Burt Booker, who's been fantastic, by the way, um, Booker and Durant. And then in game four, they specifically needed Landry Shamit to have 17 points. That was the weird thing. Like, I I understand these two players on the Suns, you know, two of the top 10 players. I, I think Devin Booker, at least in the playoffs, is a top 10 player, like Kevin Durant, of course. Uh, those those two games of Phoenix, like I think the frustrating thing is you put in so much effort, specifically from Nikola Jokic and energy, right? And both those games were within reach. Like um, game three, yes, and then game four, like I said, it was a blow for blow. Uh, 
you know, that DeAndre Aiden, Nikola Jokic dump ball, and then it, uh, Nuggets are down three, I think, with like 30 seconds left, and we lose that because of the push off, which was frustrating. Oh, wow. uh, and then the jump ball. Yeah. yeah. You know, the whole, just that was just a weird game. You know, you, you have the whole thing with Matt Ishbia and Jokic. And I know you're very passionate about that whole thing. Uh, right. I just wanted Jokic to not get suspended and move on, so, which is what happened. So I'm good. But, uh, you know, the real difference is like, okay. Jamal Murray, I think in game three, he had uh, like 28 points. But the way that the offense flows is just different. Um, those two games at Phoenix, it doesn't feel like the Nuggets are playing their style of basketball. It feels like Jamal is getting some shots, like he's scoring, but that comes as an ad a detriment to the rhythm that the team is feeling. When he's just doing ISO scoring, you know, he's in the post, is kind of bat- backing someone down, turns a fadeaway jumper and makes it cool but no one else touched the ball that position so then when they do touch the ball they're not there's no energy to it and they miss their shots so mm-hmm. you know bruce brown goes for i think 25 last night the guys from on the bench just did not show up in those two games on the road i think that's fairly normal in basketball the guys in phoenix don't show up in denver they show up at home so thankfully we have home court in this series uh, one of the things that does make me nervous though if we do advance uh and then win next round two to get to the finals is we don't have home court in uh the nba finals unless miami or new york get there unless they beat presumably philly or boston i don't i don't i don't think new york's getting there Uh, i can i can i could see i would love to see uh miami knock off that that philly team like the jimmy butler just like revenge on I, I think they wanted to resign him and he just didn't want to just like, you know, fake agenda stuff. But uh, that would be, I would love to see us play the heat. Cause I think that'd be a pretty much easier series than Philly. Philly is something that I just don't want to ha- see happen because I don't want to lose to that fan base. Uh, uh, that would be the possibly worst team to lose to in the finals to me. Oh, so. it would be. It would be insufferable. We'd hear hear about it forever. Um, I would go in. I would go into hiding. Uh, I'd come out with like four inches of facial hair and like I, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I'd become a caveman. <laughs> I mean, I, I I the way I look at it is this: the Nuggets probably if they if they get past the Suns, they'll probably be playing the Lakers probably um which which would you prefer between like i know that it's it's three one but which would you prefer to play the warriors or lakers because i would rather play the lakers um i would rather play the lakers but i think both are beatable and i think that's what that series is showing um the Lakers have needed uh, uh, Lonnie Walker to have a big game. You know, that's, they, uh, the, 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 the Warriors just, if Steph's not going for 50, it seems like they're not winning. And it's just like, you look at both those teams with Denver with home court advantage. You, I, I would take either to be honest with you. And I, I know that's not committing to anything, but that's kind of the way I've been looking at it is that I, I think the Nuggets would be good, not 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 fine. They're, I'm not going to use the word fine in the West or anything like that. But uh, it is it is a Celtics. Yes. What about the West? No, nah, we're fine out with West. All right, <laughs> <laughs> losing in the first round of the freaking playoffs. That um, I was rooting for the Lakers in that series, and I despise the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I'm not a LeBron guy. I'm not an Anthony Davis guy. I sure, I guess I'm a Jared Vanderbilt guy. Like if I'm going to root for someone on that team, I'll just guess I'll do Jared Vanderbilt. Lonnie Walker has a cool, not a cool story, but like um, some of the stuff that's happened to him in his life, he's an easy person to root for. But um, no, that Grizzly team was just so unlikable. And last year in the playoffs, I was rooting for them to beat the Warriors because the Warriors I'm tired of, still am. But they just like, the Dylan Brooks of it all and the energy that that team had, it was like, you got, you got to win something first to, to feel like you are the Kings of the league. Unless you have won something, it's just hard to believe you. And it just comes off as from a fun young team to an arrogant group of guys who think that they are entitled to uh, status when they haven't won it. Like at least, you know, that whole stuff with, with Clay and Dylan Brooks and now LeBron and Dylan Brooks. Like, what has Dylan Brooks ever done in his career? Now he's now he's going to be a Shanghai Shark because the league doesn't want him because of what happened with him and LeBron. 
Like, well, it's congrats I, on being Dwight Dwight Howard's teammate. You know, it, what's interesting to me is that teams used to devalue going through the steps. And I'm not talking about we don't skip steps. I'm talking about like they used to value the steps that you had to take in the playoffs, right? So you went in, got beat in the first round. Okay. We went in, got beat around me again in the second, first round, then the second round. And it was humiliating. And then you make it to the fun, Western Western or Eastern conference finals. And it's like these steps that you have to progress as a team to get to a point. Um, and I think Boston has probably gone through uh, with their core, a lot of those steps, you know, who hasn't done that is Memphis and the way it, it, it reminded me of Atlanta how Atlanta was approaching last season. Uh, Mike boot. Oh, last year. Yeah. yeah. How they were, how they were approaching last season after they beat the uh, Knicks and the, um, and beat the, uh, the, the Sixers. Sixers. They just had the Ben Simmons stuff happen. Right. You know, that, that was the series that everyone was like, Oh, this guy can't play. Right. And so, you know, Trey young yeah. just hit some huge shots. He hit, honestly, I thought that, I thought this, Hawks played pretty well against the Celtics in the playoffs this year. I know they right. <clears throat> brought him to six games. Like that, that was pretty like Trey Young had a almost a half court game winning three in Boston. And mm-hmm. the, I think I, I hate their team. Um, but I also had some respect for how they played in the playoffs. That being said, I think Trey Young has to go uh there. I, I really despise how that guy plays basketball. <laughs> He's on my like Mount Rushmore of right. not liking how someone plays. Well, you didn't like him in college, as I remember. No, I, well, he went to OU. I hate OU. Mm-hmm. Uh, only Oklahoma athlete I've liked in the last few years is Jalen Hurts. Um, but, you know, when everyone is like hating on someone, I tend to try to be like, okay, maybe they shouldn't be hated that this much. And I thought Trey Young coming out of the draft is a really good passer, and he just doesn't do it in the NBA. He just, and he, his defense is just abysmal. So, you need a very unique situation. I thought DeJounte Murray, like what they gave up for him was too much, but I thought maybe that would help. And it just, it just feels like a toxic situation, but well, I'm getting mean, off, off track from the nuggets yeah, now. No, it's fine because this is this talking about the league. And one of the things I appreciate yeah. about the nuggets is that they went through the steps and this team you know, went to the Western conference finals in the bubble, but we're learning more and more that the bubble was its own thing. Not a fluke. It's just its own thing. You can't replicate those conditions. And I think this is probably more what the Nuggets faced the previous two years uh, in, against going out against uh, Phoenix and then going out uh, in the first round against the the Golden State Warriors. Those are probably a more of a natural progression than um, just whatever happened in the bubble because that was its own thing. So I've taken it look I've taken a look at it like it was the first 2019 they lose to Portland. And then skip that 2020 year. Uh, I, I love it. It's great. I love had some great moments, but it was its own thing. And then if you're talking about you in front of crowds, regular progression, 2021 and 2022, the Nuggets were facing disappointment and you need that disappointment to fuel you. You need that disappointment to get you to where you are hardened enough to want, have the desire it takes to get through multiple rounds of a grueling each seven game series playoffs. I mean, it's, it's nuts how difficult it is to make it through all that, you know? Well, and like I was talking earlier about a little bit, how after game four, I was just in the sunken place and uh, it's because of, so I'm 25. I've never seen the nights. Well, I guess I've seen them at their best, which is 20, 2009, but like, I've been following this team not as long as you have, but it's like everything has led to this team. You know, the Carmelo yeah. trade, the last piece of it, the Jamal Murray, like every, like all these little things have added up to this. This is the Nuggets' best chance in my lifetime, in my opinion, of winning a championship. I guess if we beat the Lakers in 2009, I think we would have swept the at least one in like five against that Magic team, mm-hmm. but that didn't happen. So mm-hmm. the bubble, I, I think that Nuggets team, honestly, Anthony Davis misses that three. I think it's Eight a different series, two. but if Mason whatever Plumlee gets yeah. out there, God, that that killed me. That killed me. Oh, um, <laughs> but now we have these past two years where haven't had Jamal Murray, you know, it goes down freaking April right before the playoffs. We'll never forget that day. Cause, oh, 
It's April, a, that one's a long story. It was April, like April 7th. No, it was April 11th because the 11th, 12th, okay. I got my first vaccination. Mm. And I found out the news about his the state the, the extent of his injury while I was writing to get go to the mass vaccination shot to get the, uh-huh. get the first COVID vaccine. <laughs> yeah, that that day I found out that this girl I was going out with like didn't want to go out anymore, and I was like, God, oh, that sucks. At least I have the nuggets. And then I was, oh man, that was <laughs> least... that was tough. But it's <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Things have gotten better since. I was gonna say everything's um, everything's no... everything's coming up tray now. So. Yeah, things are good. But anyways, so, you know, you have all that stuff like my girlfriend, Jess, last season watching the Nuggets, I always bring this up. She's like, this is fun. Why are you like not enjoying this? I'm like, because it's like. I saw what the vision could have been and we're like way below that, even at our ceiling now, just because of circumstances next year, it'll be it'll be good. We have Bruce Brown now, a guy who's on he's on the mid-level, right? Mid-level. One year deal um yeah i think it could be the mid-level yeah no one okay. the bruce well, anyways, brown was like, no, no uh, bruce brown was traded right he traded was traded here wasn't he no no, no he no. signed here you uh, kcp was traded here That's i'm right. pretty sure it was just the mid the yeah, i think it's a, yeah. a one-year anyways like exception yeah yeah and that sort of contract you just can't raise you can't give him probably what he's worth in the open con open market next year so it's most likely going to lose him a guy like that doesn't come to denver normally you know someone he's not a star by any means but a guy who's making 6.7 million dollars was a starter in brooklyn the last two years like someone who played in new york city and now he's coming to denver like that sort of thing you know you get kcp uh great trade and john hollinger today (laughs) came out and said he uh was stupid for his original take which was you know give him (laughs) his flowers i guess appreciate Uh, the mea culpa john yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but so much has led so much has led to this, right? Like things are not going to be the same next year. We I always go back to that 2000 I think 11 Thunder team when they got to the finals and lost. Like you assume that the grass is always going to be greener because you have these young players. Well, then James Harden gets traded and then mm-hmm. Kevin Durant leaves 2 years later. And it's never that opportunity that you have right now you've no idea specifically nuggets fans know because jamal got hurt when we thought we were going to win the championship in 2021 i thought we were going to win the championship next year is not guaranteed so do everything you can for this year i think the suns will be better next year because they can you know get some actual role players around booker and durant i don't know what i mean they can probably get rid of Aiden. that guy has been oh man aiden's been bad yeah oh my god i i oh I mean, Jock Landell, a guy I did not know existed, has been better than him. Two, Jock, two weeks ago, I did not know who that was. Jock Landale, who is basically... And I followed the NBA. And, and Jock Landale, who's basically Chris Kamen, is... Uh, I think Cole Aldridge. Cole Aldridge, yeah. Cole Aldridge. Oh, my God. That's a blast from the past. Um, he, <laughs> well, I think Chris, Collison. Chris Kamen's a blast from the past. His nuts were never the same after uh, Reggie Evans grabbed them. Um, but there, there was... <laughs> but can we talk about something can we just let me I'm just mm-hmm. it's only you and me here um the trade i saw proposed today by colin cowherd was could potentially be one of the worst things i've the, ever listened to in my life i i just put that in our chat i just put that in our nba chat and a uh, friend of the show joe uh what did he say he said uh if the Celtics lose the Sixers, then trade for Poole. I'd stop watching basketball. <laughs> so that trade, if no one knows, Colin Cowherd, uh, very interesting man, uh, <laughs> proposed that the Celtics should trade Jalen Brown and Malcolm Brogdon for Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins. A trade that is just abysmal. I mean, Jalen Brown, like, it's got to be one of the top 10 trade value guys in the NBA just because of his age, his, his contract coming up, his skill level, how well he performs in the playoffs. I mean, he's arguably better than Tatum in this these mm-hmm. playoffs. Like that dude, I, he is one of the most valuable assets in the league. Mm-hmm. And to only get back Poole, who is a bad, like a genuinely bad contract. Jordan Poole makes way too much money for a guy who cannot play and gets punched by his teammates because of how annoying he must be. And then Wiggins, like who's a good player. Like I think Andrew uh-huh. Wiggins has had a really nice career resurgence in right the, with the war. I mean, he won the freaking finals. Like he was great. He was great last year in the finals, mm. but that is not 
Jalen Brown. I mean, if you trade Jalen Brown, I'm thinking like DeJounte Murray and um, a Kong Wu for, for him. Like like so- something like that where you get two really good players for one great player. I, I don't it, know. It is hard to get value for good. I mean, and let's, we, let's face it, Brown and Tatum, they're kind of co-stars. Tatum's the better player. But he, Tatum has the worst instincts I have ever seen sometimes for an offensive player. I've never seen a guy force it as much as Jason Tatum does. I've never seen anything like that in my life. On the flip side of that, it's a good defensive player, and so is Jalen Brown. They're both good two-way players. Two-way players are worth their weight in gold. <laughs> you do not find them in the NBA. So it's like. How you how do you get equal value for that? I tell you what you don't it do. Is you don't trade him for fucking Jordan Poole. <laughs> oh, I know. You know, it is interesting, though, because you have two teams, one in the East, one in the West, who basically have two wings that are the best players. You have the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George. Noted they have never seemingly been able to be healthy at the same time, minus when they corroded against the Nuggets in the playoffs. And then you have the Celtics, you know, Tatum and Brown. They got to the finals like i know i think 20 2018 they got these like they've been in the eastern conference finals a few times now but they have Mm -hmm. not won one and it's like okay just having two of basically the same position player does that not work i I think if they win the finals last year we say yes it does but uh it's an interesting thing like would you trade jalen brown for damian lillard i wouldn't i would not do that Mm -mm. no Uh, there's i don't know how many players i would trade him for yeah. Like that, the other side would say yes. Well, you're looking at the so, Nuggets. You look at the Denver Nuggets. If the if the if the Nuggets like it had a disaster, I mean, the first you, people would Jamal. start talking about trading Jamal, and they'd start trading uh, MPJ. I mean, it would be basically we want to trade these two to get Luka Doncic. That's exactly what or would Luka. happen. Yeah. It would be people like Luka's yeah. not happy. We want to make the Nuggets, so we will. Trade if if the Nuggets traded for Luca, we would become the Suns, and we would just have two great players. And I I think the role like yeah. no cap, no money. For, I no, mean, yeah, yes, two no guys money. on in, on super maxes. That's that's a lovely prospect for the Cronkies <laughs> would say no, no, no. <laughs> it's like two guys on super max contracts. But coming back to this series, and I and I've been thinking about this. I'm not getting. I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but I think that there is a. There is a there is a very hefty chance the Suns could win in in Game Six, um, because they're playing at home and and they play as we've seen they play better at home I and mean, it's just it's one hundred percent they play better at home they've been smacked three times they played in Denver and the two games in in Phoenix they played a lot better but they won by a collective ten points you know yeah. so how do you look at Game Six? Do you think the Nuggets will just say, you know, fuck this. We are going to play exactly how we play in Denver and we're going to not take it to a game seven. No, I mean, I think they definitely show up even when they quote unquote haven't showed up in game three and four. Those have been close series. You've gotten almost as much as you could possibly want. If you're Phoenix from your stars, I mean, I guess you could want a little bit more out of Durant, but like Landry Shaman isn't going to score 17 points in the fourth quarter again. Booker probably, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say Devin Booker isn't going to do anything because he very well could. Um, but I just think the Nuggets with this opportunity to win and go to the Western Conference Finals for the first time, you know, since the bubble, I, I trust them. I don't know that this Phoenix team has the mental toughness to, like, I, I think they could very much lose at home. But if the Nuggets are up 15, like we saw this team lose by 35 points in a game seven at home last year to an inferior team, to an inferior team. Right, Granted, right. the word is that, that, that they all had COVID. I get that. You know, I, I don't, that, 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 that could have been why, but I just think I trust this Nuggets team more. Uh, I would love to win next game, not get to a game seven. Cause you know, a player can turn an ankle in a game and just not make their shots. And it's oh, like, it's, that's just it's scary stuff um high adrenaline but scary stuff so i'm hoping that they close out i think they i would probably bet that they wouldn't but i think it's around like 60 40 like 60 percent the nuggets will lose 40 percent they'll win so which i would have said about three and four as well so i predicted the nuggets just basically got to get the bench better 
Yeah, Nuggets and sixes. So I I think I think they will do everything, pull out all the stops to end it in Phoenix. Um, I do too. And Jokic has been a guy in the playoffs that there is not. I I don't know like the actual clutch stats to them, but I I don't think there's a player in the NBA I trust more with the ball, just without. I mean, doing anything this as long as they're on the court in an important game than Nikola Jokic. It feels like felt like all season he didn't make his threes. And then in this series with a wrist injury, he makes, I feel like he makes more than he misses um, in in the playoffs with his threes, which are always a test of like how locked in he is for me because it's his legs. Uh, So he's been, he's been great. And it's, I often tell people that Nikola Jokic has ruined basketball for me (laughs) in the way that I see (laughs) other people play it because it's not, it's not the same, man. It's like seeing this amazing painter and then just like, go into an art show it's it's not the same the way that he plays is just this beautiful game of basketball where in game four he has 51 points and they lose and i think the team sucked that game i would rather him have 40 sorry 29 points 13 uh, rebounds 14 assists because that shows that everyone else is getting involved i i really do think having Jokic score a ton is the best thing um if you're making a game plan just like let him score because like then no one else gets hot and i i don't like when that happens well i i will say this i think Jokic has kind of gone on his way to sort of disproving that Jokic needed to score 53 in game four that that he they every single one of those points was needed and it is because both book and well specifically booker was was you know got going supernova um and I think Jokic knows it. He only he doesn't score because they let him score. He scores because he thinks that his team needs it. And I think I think like last night, twenty nine points was perfect because you know you had MPJ yeah. with fourteen in the fourth. You had Bruce Brown getting twenty five last night, which came out of nowhere. You know, and if that happens, you're not losing. Like if right. Bruce Brown scores twenty five points, you're not losing. Right in a right. game because then I mean, yeah. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna bring this up because it's something I've been thinking about. You're you 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 watch the coverage of national coverage of things, you know, it's hard not to, you know, gets the blood boiling, start getting angry about life. Uh, you know, things things like uh, you, <laughs> when I when I get your weekly text, Trey, I messed up. I watched the, I watched the poop collective. The poop collective. Jeff, I'm listening to the poop we, collective. We, we sent you to rehab. You know, you you were doing great, and I I, I can't believe you um, had this moment of of a uh, judgment lapse. Oh, Ryan Winhurst is your drug, apparently. How does you know, that he, feel? You know, uh, maybe it's identify with him because he and both both he and Zach Lowe are like exactly my same age. I, I so I must identify with him. That's the only thing I could think of. Zach's Zach. I mean, I, I like Zach. Zach's great. But... Zach, I I got some Zach Lowe, Lowe stories, but um, there is a. It, from your perspective, do you think people have finally accepted that Nikola Jokic is indeed a good player nationally? Because I'm start, I've, I've, after, and specifically after Game Four, where I where he scored fifty three, and I, I hate that scoring is so linked to our psyche as as far as basketball goes. I hate it. But you were seeing you're seeing all the pub that Devin Booker's getting, and it's almost entirely because he was scoring. And I'm like, you know what? Jokic could do in that 53. I noticed there was a change and people suddenly started like liking him more because he scored 53. Uh, have you noticed the same thing in your, your, what you've observed? I mean, after game four, I didn't listen to any national stuff because I just, I did I didn't want to. Um, but after like l- last night I went and, I just searched the Denver Nuggets on YouTube and I watched like bootleg clips of first take and whatever. And I do think <laughs> he, over I YouTube. mean, like, yeah, like, you know, Jay Williams and JJ Redick, while when they talk about Booker, it's like, yeah, this guy's amazing. But then when they talk about Jokic, it's like, but this guy's better. You know, Jokic is better. And I think everyone's has proclaimed that Nicole Jokic is good. The two time MVP cannot be a bad player, but there have always been stuff where, I honestly think a lot of it is just people just haven't watched the Nuggets. And mm-hmm. so they see clips and they just see like what Keyshawn Johnson calls as just boring basketball. And Ugh. it's just uh, when you watch the the whole story, it's like 
it's great. <laughs> the way he plays is amazing. So I, I do think, yeah, I, I think if you polled every, like everyone who watches basketball, um, maybe like take out certain like Philly and Denver fan bases and just have objective. I think people probably would say Jokic is the best player in the world right now. Uh, Giannis being out is helpful, but just what he's doing. I don't want to take anything away from Joe Embiid, but like Jokic is the North star for this team. He's the sun. He's the universe. He's everything without him. It's like nothing. And I, I think Harden's been great for Philly. He's been really good. And that's part of the reason why they're up three, one. Uh, no Harden's, one on the Nuggets Harden's has been, been as good as James Harden. Harden's yes, yes. No better. one. On, <laughs> James Harden hit shots that I'm just like I was reading for the Celtics. I just don't like the Celtics, but I don't like Philly either. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, this dude's like really impressing me, which is so funny because he goes to Vegas the night before the game and then comes back and has the game of his life. <laughs> that guy is really Dennis Rodman too. It is pretty insane uh but no harden's been great and then the nuggets have you know one of the things about jamal murray is you watch him on, on any night it, let's say you watch five nuggets games a season uh for them he could be great and one you could he could be not and you're like oh wow he's really really good but if you watch every game he's good like he's great maybe a third of the time good a third of the time and then bad a third of the time so like two thirds of the time right. he's positive one third he's negative you don't get that consistency from him same with Porter. I mean, I think he's been a great in the regular season, but on the road, and I think game three, he had a good game. But game four, he was he was tough. Um, Gordon's like been a great player this season too, but he's he's not like James Harden. So you have Nicole Jokic, and then I think the drop off is a little steeper there than it is with Philly with him being at Harden. I mean, because like you said, you could say that James Harden, he probably has been the best player um, on that team. So. What Jokic has done, I love to see people talk about the, everything outside of scoring because that's a great litmus test on how much people know basketball. Scoring is, it's like, I had to tell someone, it's kind of like a casual basketball fan, it's just like, oh, wow, Tobias Harris scored 20 points. He's great. It's like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about that. Like, Will Barton scored 17 a game. I, I don't know if, sorry, random shots at Will Barton, but KCP can score 10 points and have a great game. So it's it, everything's on a spectrum in basketball, ebbs and flows. You can have 30 points. Like I thought Jamal had a bad game four and he had 28 points. So scoring is just a small sliver of what makes a player impactful. You know, I, I, you and I kind of look at basketball the same way. And, and, you know, I've known Trey forever. Everyone who knows, listens to this podcast between us. No, I've known Trey for a long time. And you and I kind of look at basketball very similarly, even though you're not a crouchety old man like me. And I think I'm that getting there, Jeff, I just <laughs> turned 25. You just turned 20. That's right. You did. Uh, but <laughs> you didn't have a big celebration this year. Like you did last year, which was, uh, you know, you, you, what did I do? Oh, I was in to, Vegas. Last year. Vegas That's funny. Last year. Year. <laughs> hey, I was supposed to go on the sunset cruise and the weather, um, made that go a week later but i did go on it and it was fun and my new twitter profile photo was from that cruise so oh yeah did have a good birthday <laughs> thank you for asking um so you know i'm gonna i'm gonna wrap it up with this because i you know I, I i actually i'm gonna wrap it up with two things one isn't unrelated to basketball but looking at this team in the time that you have been watching uh basketball so i guess you're starting around the chauncey mellow era going all the way to oh, now oh seven yeah. probably Iverson. like yeah i mean the first thing i remember was the chauncey Billups trade oh, that no. was like the first big thing for me for basketball oh eight oh nine um in the time you've been watching it you mentioned that you could everything is building to this that was one of your observations that everything's building to this and of course we're not counting our chickens before they're hatched anything can happen in this series but you know, you're, you're looking at this and do you, there's, I've always just told people you have, and, and Tim Miller and I talked about this. Sometimes you just have a feel for a team and you, you just, the, the team has a, this is, this is going to be great. And you just kind of instinctually know it. It just doesn't have, you don't have any rational yeah. thought about it. It's not something based on, you could chart out or anything like that. You are like, I just, something about this feeling. team yeah. 
Have you had that feeling about this even before the playoffs again? Did you did you have that feeling about this team? You know, what's interesting is when Tim Conley left, I was really upset. I felt like the Nuggets were doing a disservice because they were so close to in terms of like a linear growth. They were just getting better exponentially every year. And then Tim Conley left and I felt like that was something that was going to be really detrimental to the team. But in all objective, honestly, I think Calvin Booth has made the moves that I'm not sure would have been made under Tim Conley just in terms of getting training guys who he may have had attachments to Monte Morris, Will Barton, those guys. Um, and Calvin Booth has come in. What has he done? He has traded for contagious Caldwell Pope, a starter on the best team in the Western conference. One of the best three point shooters, a point of attack defender, someone who just fits perfectly with this organization. He, he gets extended two for 30 before he plays game of basketball. That's how great it is. Mm-hmm. What does Calvin Booth do next? He drafts Christian Brown and Peyton Watson did not know who either of them were. Going immediately after the draft, I feel like the perception was negative. It was like, oh, well, uh, you know, the Nuggets traded Jermichael Green and a future first for these guys. Uh, I don't know about it. And Peyton Watson, the limited minutes he's played has been really good. And you understand that vision. You understand why Calvin Booth drafted a guy who didn't even start at UCLA last year. And Christian Brown, who's been, I mean, okay, let's see the playoffs. We have Philly, Miami. Boston, New York. I I think Christian Brown is the most important rookie in the playoffs. Still, is that fair to say? Yeah. I I I don't think on any other team there is a rookie that is playing more yeah. important minutes than Christian Brown. Yeah. Uh. So it's just that is so amazing. I, I think I forget where Christian Brown was was taken. I know it was what like twenty one ish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 20s. Yeah. But he's been great. Like. You can w- watch a basketball, and Christian Brown can have two points. He can have two points, three rebounds, and his energy is palpable. He has a dunk on Kevin Durant, and he just he has it. Like right after he dunks, he screams. And you need a guy like that on a team. I I don't know what mold of player he is. He's like Alex Caruso, Marcus Smarty, just has this intangible dog in him, uh, and I I love it. So I think those sort of things before the season you know it's 6 1 p.m and we signed DeAndre jordan i'm like what the hell is going on <laughs> and then we signed bruce brown and i'm like i think the bruce brown sighting was like oh shit like this is different this is a different year and jamal came back and porter looked really great this season he's again knock on wood i don't want anyone to get hurt please basketball gods but he's been he's been healthy this year Jokic has been great and yeah i do have a feeling i i haven't had that feeling before in this era I felt like the bubble team had a chance, but I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting a championship this year. Like it, it was something that if they did not win the championship, I would be really disappointed in because they've done everything. Like backup center is the only freaking thing. And they even tried to get Thomas Bryant. And I had no idea what has happened there. That has been a weird, weird thing with him because he killed us when we played him when he was on the <laughs> Lakers. And he just can't give in like. Like I forget that guy exists. Uh, For signing anyone, so I definitely did him. have a feeling. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I definitely did have a feeling this year, and I was really excited. And that's Paul's, that's mainly why I said after Game Four I was really down because I was like, you know, if we lose this next game at home, we we could lose in six games, and that would be a disaster in in, in my opinion. So I definitely yeah. did have, have an opinion. I've been really, I really had a blast this season. It feels like forever ago that I bought Jess a Bones Highland jersey for Christmas and uh, that did not age well. Um, (laughs) But it's been an interesting season and a great one and I've enjoyed it. And I just, now is the moment, you know, it's like you're in the third act of it. it, This is like Avengers Endgame to me. It's like, this is, this is it. Like you built to this, like, is it going to deliver? So, right. Um, Okay. So we're, I'm going to give Trey the last word on the nuggets here. Um, I want you to before I let you go. I'm going to want you to pub your uh, your podcast, and I'm going to kind of emphasize the last podcast you did, which was on physical media um, mm. with uh, Carson. And yes, I, I I liked that one because you're talking about the concept of owning physical uh, movie media and um, 
you were talking about all the ones you've owned and uh, specifically steel books that you've bought and you and I've talked about it on my other podcast, but um, before we go kind of talk about that podcast and uh, your own podcast, but kind of talk about uh, the importance that you feel with uh, getting physical media for uh, uh, like movies and stuff like that. Yeah. So I guess I'll just preface it with, if you enjoy, I guess what I'm about to, talk about i have a whole hour podcast with my friend carson about it um but i I do enjoy i love movies if anyone follows me on twitter anywhere you know i'm a big fan of movies and star wars and everything's a very big deal to me but i like to collect physical blu-rays just because one the video quality is a little bit higher you have stuff called like bit rate which is the amount of information in a frame um, just with Wi-Fi, you can only put send so much information because uh, your speeds aren't at the greatest level. So with physical media, you can have more information there and that translates to better picture on screen. Uh, and also just there are services like HBO Max that have gotten rid of their own um, films and shows on their app and like sometimes those things aren't available anywhere else so if you want to watch something you can't be 100% sure that that thing is not going to go away unless you physically own it no one David Zaslav is not going to come into your uh, CEO of Warner <laughs> Brothers Discovery he's not going to come into your apartment and rip out your if you have like a dark and eye blu-ray he's not going to do that so it's cool owning it you have different art forms on these covers you have things called steelbooks that have a lot of different art um, you have certain blu-rays called like Criterion collections and there's all sorts of things that come with behind the scenes things like i have a movie um the before trilogy that has like all these little cool books in it and um uh what's it called spike lee's do the right thing as like a cool journal he kept while he was writing the script just all all these sort of things and if you're Mm -hmm. a fan of movies physical media is really cool uh get a blu-ray player if you have a ps4 that accepts blu-rays if you ps5 that accepts p uh 4k blu-rays and yeah, it was a fun conversation. Carson knows, I would say more than I do about the actual nitty gritty of the terminology and stuff. But uh, I have like 150 Blu-rays. I enjoy collecting them. The next one that I really want to get is Avatar The Way of Water. Uh, it's actually not out yet, It's which is kind of weird because most movies come out like on Blu-ray a month and a half after they release <laughs> in theaters because movies now like Shazam was in theater for two weeks before digital, which is so weird to me. Um <laughs> But uh, no, it's it's a cool thing, and I think it helps the preservation of film. Um, you know, just like with Star Wars, there if you watch Star Wars on Disney Plus, it looks different than the Star Wars VHS that came out in nineteen ninety four. Mm-hmm. Color grading is different, but all these different things. So if you really love a movie, just go out and, and you have a Blu Ray, or if you don't know, have a Blu Ray, buy one. Uh, you see what records are like now. Movies can be like that. So physical media is important. It's important like to. I think own some things. Yeah. Vinyl, like people, vinyl has had a huge resurgence. I've kind of stopped buying them because I just don't use it as much. It's more just like, oh, I bought it. And then I'm just, I have it, you know. It's good to but show people. Blu-ray, it's like having like, a library. It did this with the vinyls are yeah. good to show off. That's what they are. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, there are things like physical books. I, I read on my Kindle more, like not everything is the exact same. And like physical media, I wouldn't say you need to get physical media for everything. Video games, um nowadays when you buy a video game you have to have like 100 gigs of updates anyway so it's just easier to pre-order it digitally because then it comes updated the day that it releases versus if you go to GameStop and buy a disc you got to put it in and then you have to download four hours of updates so not everything I would recommend to buy physically like you can if you want to but movies in particular are things that uh, I think are really cool to own and yeah, there's like pride that comes with it too. So if you're interested, did a whole podcast about it. And uh, I love talking about it because what? it's pretty cool. What's so. the podcast called? <laughs> it's called Mile High Cinema. If you are a Nuggets fan, our, uh, the logo I made is based off of our Mile High City jerseys. Not this year's, but last year's and the previous year. Um, Mile High City and Mile High Cinema. It's in that same like curved font. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, it's fun. I'm I was I'm gonna record tomorrow night about Gardens of the Galaxy Volume Three with my friend Alden. Um, talk about that. That was spoiler alert, an amazing movie, probably one of the best Marvel movies ever made. Extremely, yeah. 
extremely good. Well, I look um, forward to hearing that. And I'm, I've, I've kind of been out on the MCU lately, so it's uh, it was nice to get back to that. And James Gunn is awesome, so looking forward to that. And that'll probably I think that'll be out Friday. Well, um, be sure and check out Trey. And Trey does a great job on his podcast, and he's been getting better with each one from his first one all the way to this one. Um, and I, I highly suggest you check it out. I am not just saying that because Trey's my friend. It is a very good podcast. So uh, check it out. Uh, Thank the new, you. The new uh, Gen X show is going to be on the dark Disney era, era of uh, film. Uh, I will be doing a deep dive into the nineties. The no, the uh, the late seventies and the early eighties when they mm-hmm. were doing all these edgy films, <laughs> at least for disney mm. and uh uh it's a it's an interesting kind of journey and i will be doing deep dives into those but this is not the gen x show this is csg podcast so uh for mr mitchell here oh and by the way um be sure and follow trey at uh at trayinator on on twitter where you can he gets off yep. his takes and uh you can <laughs> i uh will tweet during a nuggets game and then delete all my <laughs> tweets an hour later when i realized i shouldn't have said what i just said um yeah. So so say I've we had to, I yeah, I drank before I like had like two drinks before the game four and I realized I just didn't like who I was during that. So I'm just like, I'm not gonna drink during the next playoffs. I'm too intense already. I'm just gonna chill, you know, maybe have like some C B D oil. <laughs> like I'm just gonna relax. I'm not gonna do anything to make myself more frustrated because I had to uh to go delete some tweets about the Phoenix Suns fans. Right. It's, look, specifically I, Matt, Matt Ishbia. Yes. All right. So uh, thanks to Trey for joining me. And um, I luckily I was not hit by a tornado while this was going on. So I, I appreciate the weather, the weather gods for sparing the city of Thornton. All right. Thank you all for joining me in the latest Markcast. I'll be back uh, after game six with another episode. Goodbye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money.